Hey. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Awesome. Uh, Glad to be here. I think Rumble didn't go right. Oh, well. Uh, this is you deciding how to work that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I forgot to add it. I So it's absolutely my fault. But we're on Twitch, YouTube, and Pilled. So... <laughs> Hey, Casey, and my daughter Krista's here, and I need to open up a couple of other screens, which I should have done that, but I wanted to talk to you for a minute before we started. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to talk to someone when you know nothing about them, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm usually better about, like, getting to know who's coming on the show, and I, I didn't do my due diligence there. I mean, I know about you. I I know about you more than you know about me. <laughs> well, it's very good for me. I'm just easygoing, and I get along basically anywhere. So <laughs> I would talk to a wall. So <laughs> oh, it, it's Kate. Hi, Katie Bug. That's my granddaughter. Um, so pilled is not working. Those of you are, who are on pilled. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, we had some really bad storms the night before, and it messed with my internet. So <laughs> I noticed it rained the night before, but I was really thankful for it because it, it seems like it has missed my house every time the last month. I'd get it a half a mile north, a half a mile south, but never at my house till not before. Yeah. Oh, it stormed bad. I mean, we had some really strong, well, lightning and thunder. It it was like it was in the backyard. And then my son, he, he said he saw it because we're on opposite, well, whatever, his window's over there, my window's over here. And I saw it over here. He said he saw it over there. I, I said, I'm surprised we didn't have any trees down. It was... I didn't in my yard. I just had a few few very small limbs like under a foot but just down the road about three miles there was a tree down and it was really sad to me I almost cried because this is beautiful probably 200 year old oak tree oh and I was like no that was my favorite tree yeah we're surrounded by trees so I I don't I don't like uh Hey, Kristen. Hi, Friar. Good to see you guys. And thank you. So they, they gave, Kristen and Friar both gave us shades on a pilled. What Do you know anything mean? about pills? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> They're just, it's basically, they donated. And it's very sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Like I told you, I I don't know anything about technology. Like my whole adult life, I've been out in the middle of nowhere. I, I'm the proverbial uh, David and Goliath. Like I've been out tending sheep and cattle and horses. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I love that though. I love the I had a horse. Out. I had a horse hurt me in New Mexico and they had to call an ambulance for me. And I don't know why they didn't air flight me to the hospital. It was an 87-mile ambulance ride 
over cattle guards, through pastures. And I was like, I'm going to die before I get there. You don't realize how much pain y'all are causing me. Oh, my goodness. The closest That's hospital awful. is 87 miles. So, yeah, wow. like all this technology, it, it really is new for me. I just, I had, there's no way to get all this. <laughs> yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. No, I was really out in the middle of nowhere. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Lance. Hi, Rambo. That's my daughter. <laughs> Casey, I can't show you the other, I can't show you Pilled's messages. Awesome. Anyway, um, I'm going to bring up our prayer list so we can get this going. I don't want to keep her too long. Um, Benson, Honey and her family, Stephanie R., Andy, Colette, LK Chats, Brainstorm, Alphabets, Lance, Jen and family, Prayer Warriors 365, Bound of Outlaws, Kathy and her family. Yes, please keep Kathy in, her, in your prayers. Aunt, Sandy, Manny, Honey's Ministry, Marty, Mama Talk 78, Amy Frady's family, the Zivas, 2A Patriot Mama, Mal and her girls, Joanne, Cindy, Alyssa and her family, Briella, Melinda, Little Feet's mom, he, um, she has lung cancer. I just found out last night. Miss um, Karen, Colleen, she had, Colleen had back surgery today. So please keep her in your prayers. Uh, Leah, Ghost and Gary, even <clears throat> Sarah, Sam, Owen, Declan, Dylan, Brooke, Katie, Andrew and the girls, Alicia, AJ's dad and grandma, Todd, Amanda, Allison, CJ, Reagan, Aunt, Gregory, Tim, and Kristen's sister. Hey, Stormy. Good to see you. Stormy and Rambo both are in here. God. Pill doesn't work. See, I had trouble with Pill too. I had to use a different browser. Oh, that was Rambo. Hey, Kathy, you're here. Kathy's my partner. She had to work tonight, so. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this day and everything you've given us. Thank you for all the blessings that you give us on a daily basis. I ask that you forgive me of my sins so that I can come boldly before the throne room. Like you said in Luke 4, 16. Or Hebrews 4.16. Um, I ask that you meet each and every need on our prayer list, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial. I pray favor of the Lord over Reagan and all that she all that you will and that you will be with her in all that she does. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Um I'm gonna read Reagan's. I'm gonna read Reagan's um, scripture that she said that she keeps that keeps popping up in her head, and and I totally understand. Hi, Yvonne. Good to see you. Proverbs twenty six eleven. As a dog returns to its vomit, so as so a fool repeats his foolishness. 
And you, you can explain that one if you want to. I just feel as Americans, especially with what's going on politically, it's in the shape because we kept electing the same type of people in and expecting different results. John Adams said, without morality and religion, our constitution would be broken as a well goes through the cords of a net. And we have just elected these people that have no honor, no integrity, no nothing. And part of why I decided to run is I'm tired of looking at the ballot and trying to pick the lesser of two evils. It's just it's just gotten to the point where it's way past absurd and, and good people have to start standing up and, and getting elected in all aspects of our government from local state to federal if we're going to get this country to turn back around. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. <laughs> just from what you were everything. telling me before the show this. I can't believe that the people that are in the government don't even know what's going on like no i was telling her before the show just so you guys know i was at the georgia state convention and i was talking to a u.s congressman and i asked him what he was doing about the u.s losing its reserve world currency status and he went oh that would be a bad thing i went yeah but what are you doing about it he went oh we're not there we're we're not losing our our reserve world stat currency status and i went we've had 104 countries quit using our u.s dollars to trade with he went that's a lot of countries that's nearly all of them i went well it's a little over half and he just kind of looked at me i, I was surprised a that he didn't know what was going on and b he didn't know how many countries were out there i mean yeah <laughs> i was like this is scary Crazy. this is yeah. really scary <laughs> yeah it's it is scary to know that that the ones in the Congress don't even know what's going on. Like, how could you not? We, I, my group, we know, like, like I said, we're like family. We know what's going on. Well, it's even, uh, what's her name? Uh, that was just put on Ketanji Brown Jackson. How was she ever allowed on the U S Supreme court? Our constitution, they, it says they must be in good standing. If she doesn't know the laws of nature, right i.e know what a woman is then she shouldn't be on the supreme court i can show you two-year-olds that know what a woman is and if she doesn't know this she has no business being up there right that's <laughs> that just that simple yeah try to make yeah. this into brain surgery and it's not i, th I think my campaign right. slogan is bringing common sense back to government <laughs> amen we need that <laughs> It, like I said, it's not rocket science at all. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to start with your testimony or do you want to, like, I really, I whatever you want to do. Testimony and then we can just kind of wing it. Go. Yeah. So I've always felt a close connection to God and church, even when I was a little kid, like it was always something I just new i can't really explain it and i know that sounds kind of mundane but it's something i always felt new i mean at six seven years old i'd have dreams visions of heaven and hell like hell would be in my vision would be so bad i'd wake up crying about it mm -hmm. um always went to church always wanted to be a good kid always you know tried to be national honor society keep a's run track marching band did everything and every 
anything I could. Um, after high school, I went to college. I studied art and history in Paris, France. I, I did shark and sea turtle research in the Florida Keys. Um, mission trips in Costa Rica, like just did everything. Went to college for five years. I think if I went two more semesters, I could have five or six different associate degrees. <laughs> but my major kept changing every semester. And I had a couple things just come up in my life where I decided I'd spent way too long trying to make other people happy and I needed to learn how to find myself and be happy with me again. And yeah. so I decided to move out West and learn how to train cutting horses. Horses were my passion. And I did that up until uh, December of last year. Actually, I decided I was going to walk away from it all and, and try politics because God just laid it on my heart that um, I was perfectly capable of running for U.S. Senate and being the change I wanted to see, but I needed to quit believing others were going to fix the problem. And then he kind of put convicted me of it when he laid the feeling on my heart. Our founding fathers, when they signed the Decla Declaration of Independence, they knew they were signing their death warrants. And yet they signed it anyways. And by the end of the American Revolution, over two thirds of them were dead. Yeah. And if I wasn't willing to stand up and at least try to make a difference, then then I needed to shut up. And anyone that knows me knows I'm not willing to shut up. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my testimony in a nutshell. I mean, like I said, I'd always been one of those good kids and, and moving out west and horses was my way of reconnecting to me again and finding that toughness and what made me tick as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Nothing. it though. It was amazing. Like I was on a women's ranch rodeo team and we ended up reserve world champions. I was a U.S. cutting horse association reserve world champion. Um, I sold one horse. I trained for $200,000. I mean, I got to work for Rex Tillerson, Trump's first secretary of state while he was secretary of state training wow. horses. Like, <laughs> for just riding horses i had an eventful life where i got to meet like top people around the country Some amazing people yeah yeah whoever awesome. thought horses would do that <laughs> horses are very loved though like yeah. yeah i think it was churchill said there's something about a, the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man yeah I I love them myself, and and I know Kathy, my partner, she she loves them too. Um, she, she's had horses. I I've, I've loved them since I was a kid. And I, I I told you about my uncle that lived in New Mexico or lives in New Mexico. Yeah. They've always had horses. So I would break them myself. I trained them myself. Like one year there in New Mexico, I think I had twenty four head of two year olds. I'd never seen people before to break by myself. Wow. <laughs> it was it was wow. great. No, I never did that. <laughs> oh, I'm I not afraid like of anything. That's what I think is going to make me great for running for U.S. Senate. I mean, I'd crawl on those Absolutely. horses. They'd buck me off. They'd, <laughs> they'd step me, kick on me, paw me, bite me, whatever. And I'd just keep coming back for more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be fearless to run. You got to. To me, and this is just the way my mind works. 
fear is man-made. It's wherever you let your, your mind dwell and we make it. And I just don't let my mind go there. I just right. won't on anything. Faith over fear. Amen. That's my tattoo on my arm. May your faith be greater than your fears. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's I had so a cool. horse try to kill me that day. And after, after the horse tried to kill me, tore down like three panels, jumped two fences. And so that day I was like, I've got to get a tattoo to commemorate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God is great. Um, he's, he's definitely seen me through a lot. So <laughs> if you, if I told you half of my dumb stories, you, you even the atheist would say, yeah, there has to be a God because she should be dead. I mean, I've got a scar down my chest from a buffalo. I've got <laughs> a buffalo. A buffalo. <laughs> I mean, I've had all sorts of stuff happen with horses and cows and just just weird things happen where I, I was driving down one of the ranch roads. And just so people know, like in New Mexico. The roads just go through people's pastures. There'll be dirt roads going through people's pastures. I went to visit my friends and they live 21 miles down a dirt road. And I'm coming home from seeing them and I'm going probably 35, 40 miles an hour. And I can't see the, the black cows out there. And uh, I hit one going 30, 40 miles an hour. Did like 13, 14 thousand dollars worth of damage to my truck. Oh my the cow goodness. gets killed like... <laughs> Is pretty rank. <laughs> yeah. Golly. You've been through a lot. I know you said that you've been bucked off of horses enough, too. Oh, yeah. Starting colts. I mean, anyone who tells you they don't get bucked off, A, they're either riding like dead broke horses or B, they're they're not doing anything on them. If you, if you ride long enough, you're going to get bucked off. And I can't tell you how many times I've been bucked off and. I had a horse flip over on me one time in New Mexico. I I'd already ridden this horse 16 miles and the saddle horn hit me just kind of to the left of where my belt buckle would have been pushed through all the way to my spine. Had the swells of the saddle hit my thighs so hard. I had a tube of chapstick in my left pocket. It shattered the plastic and embedded it in my skin. And I usually rode with a pistol in my pocket. And I was going to shoot the horse when it got up, A, because I was mad, and two, I was afraid my feet would be caught in the stirrups and it would drag me. So I was just going to shoot them, and I didn't have my pistol on me that that day. And I kind of, thank God I didn't, because uh, I was laying there, I was watching colors change, I was starting to gag and everything, I was hurting so much. And I made my, I couldn't get my cell phone to work. So I made myself get up, and I was having to, get my arms and grab my legs and make my legs move and try to inch myself to the road. And thank God one of our cowboys wives left work about 45 minutes early that day. She saw that horse running around with no one on it. She drove around this 900 acre pasture till she found me and she called an ambulance for me. Wow. <laughs> Spent two days that in the hospital and this is a miracle in itself. Two days in the hospital. They did four MRIs and cat skins because they couldn't believe it. There's no internal organ damage and there were no bone fractures or breakages. Wow. Week and a half later, I was riding again. <laughs> <laughs> you prove the old saying, if you fall, get off of 
fall off a horse, you get got to get right back on. <laughs> so the doctor, they had me on morphine, Vicodin, Phenagrin, Methacarbonate, and Benadryl because I was halfway allergic to the combination of everything. And um, I went in for my checkup like a probably a week to eight days later, and they're like, asked me how I'd been doing, and I was like, well, yesterday I walked five miles, and today uh, I rode four horses before I came in, and they, the doctor's jaw was just dropped, and he goes, so are you taking your medicine? And I go, no, sir, I don't like the way it makes my head feel, <laughs> and then he goes, does it hurt when you do this? I went, sometimes, but it's not bad. He just looked at me and he went, you must be tougher than hell because most people would <laughs> just now be sitting up in bed. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, eh, well, I guess God protects the dumb. So here I go. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely protected you. Obviously. Oh, he had to have. Well, I look at everything that went on. Like, I loved it so much. It was so wild and freeing. Like, it was an actual working ranch. Like, we gather the cows and rope and drag them to the back branding fire and castrate them, give them their shots, brand them, everything that, that needed to be done. Well, it's like uh, I was out there doctoring cows one day and I had the cow tied, tied down and I'm giving it a shot of medicine and I'm getting up and I realized I'd had my knee on a rattlesnake and it never rattled and it never bit me. And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And those rattlesnakes out there were vicious, too. They're different than our eastern diamondbacks they are called prairie rattlers. They're only about a foot long but they're highly aggressive. And I mean, like they would chase me down horseback and I'd have to pull out my lariat rope and kill them with a lariat rope to get them, keep them from biting my horse. And you had your <laughs> knee on one. I wow. had my knee on one and it, it, thank God it was cool enough. It never rattled. It never struck. I, I never, I didn't even see it there when I was getting the cow down to doctor it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's truly amazing I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got a purpose for you, obviously. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> I, yeah. There's probably, I'm going to say 20 or 30 more stories almost like that from different points in my life. Yeah. Just God <laughs> kept you alive, kept you going. Yep. He sure did. Yeah. There, like I said, there is no reason I should still be here with, with half the stuff I've done. And it's not like I was being bad. It just stuff happens to me. Yeah. Well, riding horses, doing what you're doing out in the middle of nowhere, too. So well, Yes. And so, you know, like one of the things in running, people ask me, they're like, are you afraid of our government? Are you afraid they might try to kill you or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, so what if they do? I mean, you know, like I had to conquer the fear of death a long time ago training horses because even if they're behaving, they can just trip over their feet and fall and kill me. So, yeah, it's just death is not something that's in my fear of death, especially. And I've never understood that as Christians that are afraid of death. Like. You just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you know, you're. You know where you're going and I've never understood that. Maybe you can enlighten me on it, but there are so many Christians that act absolutely terrified of death. And I'm like, not that I'm searching for it, but sounds no. like a lot better place than where we're at. Vincent, you have had a lot of close calls. 
Oh, <laughs> she said, and I thought I had a lot of close calls. She has. She's had some. Oh, I'm telling stuff. you, I can tell you stories of cows like knocking me down to the ground and like the horse I was riding saw what was going on and he actually stepped in between us and, and pushed the cow off of me so I could get my air and stand back up. I mean, if it wasn't for my, uh, my animals, like I'd surely be gone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I had a coyote jump out of my, from under my truck. It had been sleeping underneath my truck and my dogs had to fight it off of me when, one day when I was going to work in New Mexico. Wow, man. <laughs> I think you're the perfect woman for the job then. <laughs> I know. I was like, I put up a picture one day. I'd been working cows and I hadn't, it had been raining, you know how it is in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so there was like a foot and a half of mud and I had mud and manure and urine from like head to toe. And I posted a picture on my Senate page. I was like, after a day of uh, waiting the mud and manure, I think I'm ready for DC. <laughs> <laughs> God's prepared you for DC. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that was my son. I love oh, you. <laughs> I don't usually go on this early, so he wasn't expecting me to be alive. You're fine. You were fine. Yeah, I, I get that too. Um, she said she, she's not exactly afraid of death, but she's, she's a, afraid for her family that's not saved yeah i can understand that more but the people i'm around it it, it they give me the impression it's more about their fear of death not loved ones yeah benson said she's not scared of getting there it's just how how it would how it will happen she don't want to hurt or suffer I feel like I probably can't get any more hurt than what I've been. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I laugh at yeah. myself. I mean, it, I I can't even tell you some of the weird things that have happened. I had a cult one day. I was working him on a cow and his feet just, Ollie, I was trying to back him up and his feet got tangled up. I mean, we do it as people. He wasn't being mean. Yeah. But he flipped over backwards, tripping over his feet. And I hit that ground so hard. And the little dog I had at the time, she, as soon as that horse, she saw that horse come up, she just knew. And I heard her screaming. And before that horse even stood up, like she was in my lap and she was having to fight. She was only a 21 pound rat terrier. She was having to fight that cow off of me because I couldn't breathe and I couldn't stand up. So she kept running in, fighting the cow off me till I could get up and walk out of there. And the bosses, my boss, he was out there watching. He's like, I'm going to go get my wife. And I'm like, like, hell you are. You're coming in here and getting this cow out of here before it kills me. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm going to get her. I'm like, no, you're not leaving me. <laughs> it's like, get the cow out. That just makes sense. And then you can go get your wife, but don't leave me in here with this cow that's trying to kill me. <laughs> Yeah. What? It was just snorting and pawing the dirt and I'd see dust fly and I was like, oh God, it's going to charge me and I can't move. Wow. I don't understand his thinking there. <laughs> I think he was just scared and, and that was just his M MO. He always had to get his wife when something went wrong and 
honestly, my hat goes off to her that she stayed married to him. I think at that point they'd been married like 40 years. He would, he had a heart of gold, but he was kind of the village idiot. He, he would oh, always yeah. run like the tractors and stuff through, through the arenas. He accidentally ran in, ran over a broodmare one time. I mean, like just, yeah, it was just always chaos around him and he didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah. Good person, but he was just him. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, though. Oh, I love him. He's like a second father to me now. And it was really funny. It started off really rocky when I started working there. I'm working horses one Saturday. And he comes down there and he just starts cussing and he turns out all the cows. So, of course, you know, I bow up at him and we get in a yelling, screaming match. And so I go to the house and I start packing my stuff because I figure I'm, I'm, I've gotten fired. And he comes yeah. up to to the house and he knocks on the door and he's just crying. And he, he told me he went, sorry, today's the anniversary of my son getting killed by a horse. And I just never know how to deal with this day. And I took oh. it out on you. And so then we both start crying. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So after that, we were good, but yeah. That, that, yeah, that would be a rough day. I can't imagine losing a child. Well, and his way, it was so weird. I mean, if I'm rem remembering this story right, he had been staying with a family friend, and he's probably 23 or 4 at the time, and they had been up really early in the morning working horses before a show. And he, everyone was going in the house and he's like, hey, I'll be right, right in. I'm just going to take the blanket off my horse real quick. And the horse was in an outdoor pen with a cement trough in it. And they came out there and he's sitting there slumped by the trough with the blanket halfway on the horse. And all they can think is that the horse must have spooked for some reason and kicked him and and bashed in some of his head on that cement yeah. trough and they he's just sitting there dead mm. so cool. yeah i mean that would be no way of losing your kids easy but when you lose them so unexpectedly it, it would be hard yeah yeah that, yeah that's sad but i'm glad you're close i'm glad he's got you in his life <laughs> Oh, like I said, I loved them. They they were great people. We had so much fun together. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were laughing at me one morning. They come and they come watch me work horses, or he comes to the barn. And he's like, "Why are you wearing your pistol on your side to work horses?" And I went, "There's a mountain lion stalking me." And he goes, "We don't have mountain lions out here." I went, "I swear you do. I I hear it out there, and it's getting close enough. These horses are smelling it in the stalls." And I can hear them spooking and hitting the stalls like when, when they could hear this cat walking around. So he's like, you're just crazy. So next day I'm out there with my gun again and um, I hear it go after the cows. And I couldn't see what all was going on, but they have these feed troughs that weigh probably six tons a piece and they're on railroad ties. And I could hear they hit the railroad tie. And so at daylight, I go out there and see what went on. And this cat had chased about 30 of them through a fence. And one of the cows had hit one of the, that feed trough so hard, it knocked it off the railroad ties and broke a leg. So I had to shoot the cow and go catch all the cows back. And I told him, I went, that was a cat that did it. And he was like, oh, it's just pigs, you know. And I went, 
all the cows in Texas have eaten with pigs. Like it's not a pig, it's a cat. So then the third day of this, I hear the cat going after the brood mares and I can hear the brood mares screaming and their baby screaming. And I can just hear them jumping through the brush and they're probably half to three quarters of a mile away. And I was like, I'm not going out there in the dark. I'll just have to wait till daylight. So mm -hmm. I go out there at daylight and those brood mares on their, from their shoulders back to their hips, they're just got claw marks going down them. I went, do you believe me now? And he's like, yeah, I guess I have no choice. Wow. I mean, I knew it was there. I, I, I just got that feeling, you know, that sixth sense around me. And I could tell yeah. by the way my animals were acting like it was something they weren't used to. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'd been around mountain lions before, so you knew. I had one track me in New Mexico. I went out coyote hunting and, and no coyotes were around. So I was walking back to my truck and one had been stalking me the whole time. Its footprints were right on top of mine, following me back or following me down to where I'd been hunting. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love nature, but not that kind. <laughs> oh, I'm used to it. Like, yeah, I know I you laughing. are. <laughs> I was laughing at like Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to act like she's so big and bad going hog hunting out of a helicopter. I was like, God, she needs to go with me just one time. I bet you she wouldn't last and she'd pee on herself because we don't use guns. We don't use helicopters. I go out there with bay dogs to bay them up and then catch dogs. And we have big hunting knives and we'll slit their throats. Either oh my that gosh. Or, or we'll tie them to trees and carry them out alive. Like last time I went, we carried out 350 pound sows alive. <laughs> <laughs> my mind is blown right now. <laughs> oh, my, my friend was laughing at me because uh, at one point there, we're in Shongaloo, Louisiana or Sarepta, Louisiana, and I could hear like the catch dogs. They had this big, probably about a 250, 300 pound boar trapped in a slough. And the boar, because the dogs couldn't get away with the embankments of this slough, were, were about to get killed. So I jumped down there and, and killed the boar with my knife. And uh, my friend was like, just remind me never to make you angry. Truthfully, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not as dangerous as it sounds a hog. As long as you, you like hold its back feet. They have their bodies are very stiff and rigid. They can't bend. So as long as you're on around the rear end, they can't get to you. Yeah. So it's not not as dangerous as it sounds. As long as you're smart and stay away from the front end. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm an adrenaline junkie. The worst part was, is we ended up getting lost in the swamp. And this is before like really good GPS or anything. I, it's me, my friend, and this 12-year-old kid he brought with him. We started out in Sarepta, Louisiana. And all I knew to keep following is my GPS or my compass on my cell phone. And so we, we kept following north till we came to a, a uh, dirt road. And then we just kept following that dirt road. Well... I, we finally come out to an asphalt road and I call 911 and I was like, Hey, I know this is going to sound weird, but we got lost in the swamps here. 
and we don't have a clue where we are. Here's the name of the road. And so they're like, yeah, you're in Shongaloo, Louisiana. So we were 12 miles away from where we started. And this is like six o'clock in the morning. So I talk them into sending the cops out there. The cops wouldn't let the dogs in the car. So, so they gave me a ride back to my truck. And then I had to go pick everyone up. Oh, wow. And it was like seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. By the time we got everything in and all the animals taken care of. And I was like, what did I do? <laughs> so this is jeff this is who i was telling you about earlier he said sounds like judges 15 16 where he picked up the jawbone and killed a thousand people you're hired <laughs> i feel like I, I feel like david you know i've been out tending the sheep and cattle and everything and i've been called to lead and and that's that's how I look at it, you know, like at first I was like, wait, I don't have a law degree. I don't have this. But a lot of it's just common sense. You you don't need a law degree. You don't need yeah. all these fancy diplomas and stuff. And I think that's the way our founding fathers truly intended it. You know, Absolutely. the everyday hardworking Americans just putting in the time, whether it's for six or 12 years or whatever. And then going back to work on their farms or, or plantation or whatever. And I think this is part of the problem. We've we've walked away from the heartbeat of what made our country. And these people, they've never had a real job. They've never done anything. And, and so the, right. they're not in reality. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just yeah. like I'll tell you a little instance from my life. When Trump was in office, my horse training business, I was making, you know, it's not a killer amount of money but six to eight thousand dollars a month doing what i love pretty good living mm -hmm. and uh when biden took it when it came into office and started doing everything he did with gas and pipelines and just everything it took last july when i checked my books i made six or nineteen hundred dollars for the whole month and that was before i paid my electric bill anything else gas bill anything and i was like yeah, this isn't going to happen. I'm working 60 hours a week for 1900 a month. That's crazy. Like the difference. I And I know I've seen it too. The difference. Well, in before I was paying $50 under Trump, I'm paying $50 for a round bill. Well, because of Biden and, and his uh, shutting down the oil pipelines and everything, the farmers, they have to pay more to you know, harvest a field and whatnot. So it was my round bells jumped from $50 to $80. Well, that's a lot of money considering I'm going through five or six a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's $150 every week coming extra coming out of my pocket just for hay, let alone the bags of feed for the horses. I was paying $5 more a bag from Trump to Biden. I was going through 13 of those a week. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just not economical. No one can make it under that those ways. And that's one thing when I get in office, I really want to protect the farmers and ranchers. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. You need to protect these guys because this is what feeds all of America. And, mm -hmm. and like what Biden's done to them in the EPA and all these other groups, it's just driving up food prices and making it harder and harder for them to do their job. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand the anti, the no antibiotics thing. 
as long as meat goes through the withdrawal periods, it doesn't matter. And most of the withdrawal periods for all this meat is only 7 to 14 days. And so, like, you think about it. When they tell a rancher that he can't give his animal antibiotics, that animal has to be sick and suffer. You think about you. If you're sick and you can't get those antibiotics you need, yeah. and a lot of those animals end up dying, truthfully. Mm -hmm. they end up dying and it's not right I was talking to a chicken farmer here in North Georgia and these guys don't make much money anyways They, a chicken farmer makes less than 25 cents a bird so I talk, spoke with this chicken farmer and they were telling me the story about how um, chick, newborn baby chicks they can get coccidiosis from being in the egg and it's not a big deal. You give them medicated feed and they're over it in like a week and then they're fine. But chicken farmers are not allowed to give medicated feed, period, for anything. And so they had to euthanize four chicken houses. That's like 200,000 birds. Oh, my goodness. And then the worst part of it is not only are they under for that, but through our government laws, they're not allowed to have chickens there for six months after that. Six months without being able to bring in money and they still have to pay the bills to to the like cook food, Tyson, whoever that owns a chicken house. They still have to make their payments for their chicken houses, even though they're not allowed to have flocks of birds. And it, how it's do you not make a living doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and it's ridiculous. You, you know, I understand birds can carry different avian flus and whatnot. But when you know what it is and it's something simple like coccidiosis that you can get up, get rid of a medicated feed, why are we not allowing them to do it? Mm. Well, I know over the last couple of years, I've seen so much stupidity with like killing off, you know, I think in Ireland right now, they're killing off 200,000 cows because of their gas. And I'm like, this is so stupid. So stupid. Like, I'm not saying we don't need to protect the environment, but you think about the, what those cows also do. Through, through us feeding them, they produce manure, manure fertilizes the land. Okay. That manure also, you know, you have dung beetles and worms that eat off the manure. And then you have birds that eat off, off the worms and beetles. I mean, it's an ecosystem. And, and we're, we're so busy playing God that we don't know what we're screwing up. Right. I was talking Look at all the buffalo we had before. Like, But they say that's what made the Grain, Great Plain was a buffalo. And also, like the Indians would all... I was talking to my, one of my friends at ranches there in Idaho about it. But like the buffalo and elk and stuff really, you know, like they try to block these ranchers from using streams and stuff because they say it's bad for the fish. Well, really the fish like it because we feed them corn and different grains. These animals then go into streams, use the bathroom, and, and the fish eat those little corn nuggets right? and nutrition from it. And then these animals are bringing flies and stuff to the water different insects that the fish get to eat too it right it all works together and, and people just don't really want to see the cause and effect of things and that's what 
that's one thing, like I said, I want to bring into the government. I know this because I've lived out in that lifestyle. I know how mm -hmm. it really is. And someone brought this up to me and I thought this was really interesting. There's one ranch and I can't remember what, what its name was, but I did share it on my Facebook Senate page, but they have actually quit using dewormer in their cows because what they realized what was happening, worms and beetles, the, the dewormer was killing the worms and beetles, which was also killing the birds and, and, and messing up the whole ecosystem around. And, when they said that, it hit me kind of hard. I was like, you know, you don't see the number of birds that you did when I was little. I remember all yeah. sorts of cardinals, blue jays, robins. You don't see it. And part of it's what we're doing to the ecosystem through, through what our ranchers and farmers are doing using dewormer because the government mandates it. There's so much of it, I think in 20, 30 years, it'll be like deep and asbestos, where at one point our government said it was good, and then we're going to realize how bad it truly was. Right. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yep. Um, my friend Amy and I, I call her my sister, <laughs> but she, she lives just across the border of, she lives in South Carolina, and I just live across the border in Georgia. We went to the Trump rally when it was in commerce oh. and uh, I'm excited to see you at a rally. <laughs> yeah, this is something to get used to. I'm, I'm not a big public speaker. I never had to be. I mean, it was just me and my animals. So I'm, I'm getting used to it. Getting used you, to you it. can do it. You can absolutely do it. God, God will help you with I've it. I've been doing it. I've been going to county meetings and getting up and making myself talk like we're getting there. We are getting there slowly. Surely. Just practicing just like this too. Like this is, this is great. Like to practice just with podcasters and stuff to, to get, get the word out and, and get used to just keep talking, just keep spreading the word. Like I said, I think it's come to a point in our government where we need people like me that are fr not afraid of drawing that line and holding it. You know, John Wayne says courage is being afraid and saddling up anyways. And that ooh, that's just kind of my attitude towards it. Like, I might be worried. I might be afraid. I don't know how I'm going to make it all happen, but I'm going to give it my best. So, Yeah. Yeah. We don't as a country. We're done. And, and honestly, yes. and as much as it scares me, I mean, in the next five years, if we don't start drastically getting good people in office, I don't know how our country can make it another five years. Yeah. I think God's got this under control, though. I truly trust. I, I feel like we're coming into a time of great providence, just like our founding fathers in the American Revolution. They should have never won that by any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're coming into a time just like that time, um, great providence, guidance, and, and everything. I think we're going to have to go through some tough, hard times as Americans. Absolutely. Yeah. But these are lessons that we'll learn and never let it happen again. Right. And our children will learn from that, too. Well, so. what is it they say? Hard times make hard men, soft times, easy times make soft men. And Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I think we've had it so easy for so long. We've really forgotten a lot of what what makes us tick as human beings and, and right and wrong. And, um, you know, what scares me, what I foresee, even with, <clears throat> with the food industry, 
people survived during the Great Depression because 30% of Americans had have had gardens. Today, less than 1% of Americans had garden. And, and God forbid something happened to your cell phone where you couldn't Google something. But they couldn't even make a garden if they couldn't Google it. Yeah. And so, like, it, it scares me. If something does happen, what, what will happen? Yeah, a lot of people won't be prepared. Oh, no. No, it's going to be bad. And I, I yeah. hope, hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to go through some bad times. I do. I agree with you. But I, I do fully 100% believe that God's going to bring us through this. And Stormy said men need to stand up more in the movement not just men but like people need to yeah. stand up more we're gonna have to get people involved like i tell people it's fine to go to these rep republican meetings like consider that like church this is where you get energized with like-minded people but then we've got to go and educate the masses and treat it like mission work because Absolutely. our strength is in numbers and and without these numbers we won't be able to accomplish it yeah, you're right. We got to stand together. That's that's the other thing is, you know, the Bible says a house divided against itself will fall. Right now, they've divided, divided us in every single way they could possibly divide us. And that's where I tell people I want to be a unifier. And this is something I want people to understand. I want you to vote for me. But I also want you to know if you don't vote for me, you are still one of my constituents and I still serve you. Right. That is something our politicians have gotten so far away from. They're too busy calling us deplorables or MAGA or this or that. No, we're Americans and we need to start labeling ourselves as Americans and quit segregating ourselves as far as Democrat, Republican, MAGA or, or liberal, uh, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, whatever. Like we've got to quit all this division because Absolutely. It's purpose. It's purposeful in my opinion. It is. Oh, absolutely. 100% purposeful. The I think if we it. sat down and really spoke with each other, we'd find that we have more in common A than we have differences. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now they're talking about whether Trump was arrested or not. <laughs> Kind of I think they mind. just took his fingerprints and the judge released and them they last released him. Yeah, Stormy said they released him, so they didn't detain him. No, no, they um, he he said he is not guilty and released him. But here's my next thing: if the people like Jim Jordan, he he's the head of the House Judiciary Committee right now, if he doesn't send all these whistleblowers and everything to a grand jury then we are just officially a banana republic. And I don't think he will because he's afraid it will open a can of worms where, where, where Republicans can be indicted. And I'm to the point, like, if they're bad, let them be indicted. We don't need to That's protect right. Republicans. I mean, if we're going to scream accountability, we need to scream accountability on both sides, both sides and clean up both sides of the aisle. This is the only way we'll bring it back. And so, like, everyone called Jim Jordan. <laughs> is gonna happen it's okay <laughs> everyone needs to call jim jordan and, and and tell him say no you need to send this to a grand jury like i don't care we need the house clean yeah i'm writing that down so i can put that somewhere 
<laughs> Call Jim Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God he needs to grow a set. <laughs> so many. So many of them do. Oh, they're it's just, just really crazy. Like, they're all afraid. Of, and I, I always laugh and I tell people, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm used to tying down 1,200 pound horses, 2,000 pound cows. It's like, imagine me going to the U.S. Senate and doing that to all of those guys that are misbehaving. I'll just let them lay there till till they've soaked <laughs> everything up and got humble and willing to, like, participate and be good. <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility with me. <laughs> and really, we only have, like, three and a half senators in, in the whole U.S. Senate that are fighting for the American people. Yeah. You've got Mike Lee from Utah. You've got um, John Kennedy from Louisiana, uh, Rand Paul from Kentucky, and sometimes Ted Cruz. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. You never know where he's going. He's you, 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 oh. I want to walk up to him, shake his hand, and say, hey, I'm more Texan than you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many that I just... I think they're on the opposite side. They say they're on the the Republican side, but they're really, they're not. They're even, working together. They're working together. Even Robert Kennedy Jr., though, as a Democrat, hell, I like him more than most Republicans. I like him, too. I do, too. <laughs> he just says it I, like it is. You know, well, at least he's standing up about the vaccine and different things. I mean, he, he's just... He seems to be more honest and sincere than I can say for a lot of them. Yeah. It, it's agree. really sad. And then you've got to look at like, let's say Kentucky. If that, this Kentucky has to prove that there's election fraud because you cannot elect two senators polar opposite like uh, Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul. Both from Kentucky. You look at both of their philosophies and who they are as men. And they are polar opposites. Absolutely. If that doesn't opposite. prove there's election fraud. I don't know what is. Or yeah. Pennsylvania with Fetterman. If they, if Fetterman really got elected to the U.S. Senate, if he, if there is no fraud and he seriously got elected, then we really need to start a spay and neuter program in Pennsylvania <laughs> because those people do not need to be breeding. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't know if he's still listening or not, but I've got a friend who lives up there in Pennsylvania and it's just, oh. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, like I told one of my friends after Dr. Oz left, you know, he's probably sitting at home in his underwear with a bottle of whiskey going, what in the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you'd have to get pretty drunk to tolerate that one at that point. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. We do. <laughs> oh yeah, McConnell's horrible. See, thank you, Wolf. <laughs> thank you. I mean, McConnell's yeah. just—I call him Turtle Boy. He just reminds me of a turtle slinking around. Mitch McConnell <laughs> gives me the creeps. You know, I look mm -hmm. at that man and I'm like, God bless his ugly little everything about him inside and out he's just ugly and i was like if he can have the self-confidence to get on national tv why can't i <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah yeah we need more like you we need more like you that are willing to stand up for what is right and tell the truth 
you know? Truth and just like I said, common sense. Uh, like we were discussing before the show, one thing I really want to do is massive welfare reform. We're spending $1.2 trillion on welfare right now. And that we have families that have been on the system now for three and four generations. And, and, and it's even biblical. A man that, woe to the man that doesn't take care of his family. I mean, you know, if he doesn't want to take care of them, it's nobody's place to take care of his family for him. And what I would like to see done is give people a hand up and not a hand out. I would like for you, people to have five years on the system while they're on the on welfare, they have to go to a trade school to learn a skill to get them out of poverty. If they're not willing to go to, to school, they don't get a check. That simple. And I, like I was telling you, I really think this would help America in so many ways. A, you'd have people off the system and actually paying into the system. But then you'd also, through our welfare system as it is now, we have destroyed the American family by incentivizing women to stay unmarried and keep spitting out children to get more money with my system, the way it's set up, women would not want to have the keep spitting out these children without fathers in their households. And so I think it'd strengthen the family unit, which we've all read the studies of what happens to these young children and fatherless households and, and strengthening the families. Then we also get rid of the violence and, and crime in our communities. I, I think mm -hmm. it would just be a tremendous way to, to get our country back together and a more cohesive unit. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, people are agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's such a simple solution. And, and I, I, there's probably not one person on here that would mind paying for someone's trade school if they were willing to do it. Right. It just, it'd help us every, every single way in our country. So this is Stormy from Brainstorm. He said early, early retirement, let the young ones work, open up jobs for them. Well, the, we have so many areas in our country now that, we have just screwed ourselves over through government regulation and law. Um, we, we've got to do something about venture capitalist groups like BlackRock buying up everything. They're buying up all these houses and jacking up the prices where young Americans can't afford them. That's why I think we've got so many in the home right now. Land is just shot up where it's unaffordable. Yeah, it is. And I think, too, if they would let students default on their college loan debts, I'm not saying us paying them off, but if they would let students default on them, college rates would go down to a normal price that you could afford to pay. Yeah. See, did you know you can't default on a college loan? I did know that. Yeah. I know that they'll take your tax money or whatever, too, if you don't pay it you don't get your taxes or, you know, when you pay your taxes, you don't get taxes back or your, you know what I mean? Your refund. So our government also, and I think this is an obsolete law that just hurts Americans, but our government had made rules and laws and regulations so that you can't buy cars from a factory just in case if there was ever a war, they could use the factories to build what they needed. 
as far as products for war, which I think the way technology is, it, it's too technical to build at a car plant anymore. But if we could buy, buy straight from the factory, we can probably make car prices go down fifteen to $20,000 a car pretty easy because you think about what each dealership, what it costs each month to keep each dealership running throughout the country. Right. I mean, that's one law that needs to be stri struck from the books, too. I mean, this Absolutely. is just... Yeah. Just little things I like, like that. that, too. One thing yeah. I'd like to do also is these presidents have been using the Emergency Power Act to get more power. So they always declare an emergency or something stupid. And one thing I'd like to do is Congress and Senate has to vote to see if it's an actual emergency before it's declared. And they should have to, there should only be a four year limit on the duration of the emergency. It's not an emergency if it goes on for years. Did you know we're still under emergencies that Truman declared? That Truman declared. So what would that be? 70 something years? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, just little simple things I think like that would balance the power back like our founding fathers meant. Right now, it's, I think it happened mainly with Coolidge and FDR. Everything was a power grab for the federal government, and somewhere along the way, we've lost all of our state's rights. Yeah. And yeah. I know that sounds weird, me running for federal office, but you're going to have to get someone in federal office to relocate no. it back to the state. Yes. Yeah, like, like people don't know. Like, like you said, like the people in Congress don't even know what's going on. That's ridiculous. Like they should know. We know more than they do. That 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 Couldn't doesn't believe make he sense. didn't know we were losing our status right there. I'm like, dude, like this is just really crazy. Like I can't believe you don't know. We've had 104 countries quit using our U.S. dollar, and then I brought up what about the 186 banks that if half their customers take out their money, they'd be insolvent. And he's like, that is that going on? I went, yeah, that's going on. You you need to read. And then we do stupid bailouts for banks like SVB. That gave away, I think it was ninety billion or ninety million dollars to groups like BLM and transgender groups. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if you didn't have that money to give and you gave it away and they went bankrupt, that's on you. It's not on the taxpayers to pick up the pieces. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's so just much. to the. <laughs> there's so <laughs> much that that could open a can of worms of what they've done, like the Ukraine thing. That's just, to me, it's money laundering and covering up Absolutely. the evil our government has done. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, Putin has went to the UN, I think it is either three or four times trying to get them to look into our biological weapons labs. But by international treaty, no country is supposed to have a bioweapons lab. None. And we had 34 mm -hmm. of them in Ukraine. 34. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to ask yourself why Pelosi, um, John Kerry's stepson, Mitt Romney's son, and, and Hunter Biden all had jobs on, on, on boards there. Not qualified yeah. for anything, but they're on jobs there. We are laundering money. We are trafficking people. We're trafficking drugs, and no one wants to address it. And that's why they're sending up the Absolutely. billions of dollars to Ukraine Yeah. so no and one finds out about it. Because Zelensky's sitting there going... If you don't do this, you know what's going to come out. 
right? Yeah. Which is nothing more than, than a pervert anyways. Honest to God, look up Zelensky slash piano on YouTube. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this guy is the biggest freak in the world. Like, who we thinks know. of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're this is very where we well sit. aware of all the creeps out there. It's sick. It's sick. Our government has got so many. Oh, it's so sick. I think our government, I read this study. Our government paid $800,000 to study genital washing in South Africa. And I'm sorry, I don't care how they wash themselves there. And two, I don't think it's different wherever you go throughout the world. But it's none of our business how they do it there. And why did we no. pay $800,000 to see what happened? We paid a couple sick people in the government. We paid a, two or three million dollars, I think, to watch the effects of moonshine on lab rats. And I was like, hey, guys, you don't have to pay a dime. I can take you to the local bar and show you what happens on rednecks, and you won't have to pay shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh. I mean, yeah. this is what they're paying for. We don't but need the rats. Things that, mm, <laughs> the things that they're using our money for oh it's the kids the kid, we could end homelessness we could end homelessness this is one thing i was thinking um about starting to help hungry people here in the united states i don't know if you realize this but georgia's in one of the top 10 states of people going hungry every day and one thing i was thinking we have forty-seven thousand churches across the u.s could you imagine how much food we produce at every church? You know, they have a pretty big church lot. They they use that church lot, turn it into a garden. The preacher and his family get what they want and donate the rest to their food pantry or whatever. The church also asks everyone in his congregation, says, who in this congregation would like to have a garden in their yard? The youth group will come there and Till up the land for you, plant your garden, and if you're not able to water your garden, then we'll come water it two or three times a week for you. Could you imagine the elderly in the congregation? A, they'd be eating better than they had in years. They'd be saving so much money on food that they could put it towards medication and stuff, and then we'd be feeding all of the homeless and all the hungry people in no time. I mean, yeah. such a simple way to fix all of this. And we don't have to get the government involved in any of it. Yeah. I love and that. My daughter had just said she's got a heart, like a heart for people. She's my daughter. Anyway, <laughs> um, she has a little garden and she want she wanted to put a, a huge garden in the back in her backyard to feed hungry people. Like she just wants to, to give it's to so people. simple and so easy. I mean, I've got my chickens, duck, ducks, and geese, and I donate some of those eggs for people, yeah. especially as high as eggs have gotten here recently. I, I mean, it's just yeah. something simple and easy we can all do. It doesn't take it. It doesn't take much. I only have three acres here. I've got a stock pond. I've got my garden. I've got my ducks, chickens, and geese. I've got my bees, so I get my honey and all that. Like. And, and it's just three acres and most of the food I eat for the whole entire year is produced right here on my three acres. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Stormy said, we just got to stop paying other countries. Well, but we're also bullying other countries too. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you heard what we've done to Mexico, but Mexico said they didn't want to buy our hybrid corn because they have over 150 natural corn species there in Mexico. And our government has told Mexico, basically, you buy our hybrid corn, genetically modified corn, otherwise we're going to increase your tariffs tenfold. Wow. I didn't know that. It's just really crazy what we're doing, just bullying other people. And then countries like Germany want to complain about us and our involvement, but yet they can give free medical care because we're paying for their military every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much, so much going on that's it, under the table. Back, that it goes in. If you look at it historically, it goes back to World War II. It was called the Marshall's Plan. You need to read that book. It's a really good book. And they had to do it to stabilize the region after World War II because everyone was like collapsing financially. Factories, people were all dying and dead and sick and just everything from war. So they we did have to stabilize it. But how long do we should we stabilize it? I mean, this is what, right. 90 years later? Yeah. And you're still paying for everything yeah that it needs to stop our, our founding fathers <laughs> went to war for taxation without representation and that was because the stamp out went from two percent to six percent i think it was which means they had to work a whole week out of the year to pay their taxes and now we work half a year to pay taxes so we can be slaves to the system right yeah and, and, and exactly what about it if we got if we just got our government spending under control and all of all of this and told other countries, hey, man, we love you and we're, we're there if you truly need us. But we're we're not changing your doctor anymore. You've got to get the training wheels off. Right. How much more exactly. free and prosperous the American people could be. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, we've allowed this in our. And Eisenhower even told us, hey, we've really got to be aware of this big military and industry complex, you know, and, and we've used it to uh, make money. And I really think our politicians see that we're losing our reserve world currency status. They see the dollar filling. They see the national debt going up. So I, I really feel in so many ways they're trying to push this war with Russia and Ukraine and push a war with China and Taiwan yep. so we can make money mm -hmm. and, and get the dollar worth more. And, and I'm sorry, but we shouldn't be strengthening our dollar by blood. We should be strengthening it by actual wealth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I yeah. mean, innocent Americans and innocent people from all over the world have to die for our country. And, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well... We, I, I will do everything I can to push you, and uh, I appreciate it. I really do. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I told you, like my 15 year old is excited that he's going to be able to vote <laughs> when you are running. So appreciate it. We've just got keep anywhere anyone wants me to come speak. Any like uh, patriot group or grassroots organization, like I will be there. It doesn't matter. And, and, <laughs> and we've just got to start standing up and, and uniting and saying enough's enough. Yeah. 
yeah um a group that kind of pushes my my show is called brainstorm you probably know who they are maybe nope you definitely need to go on brainstorm they know a lot more than i do <laughs> try to know a lot it's hard to read up on everything and, and our government's been so divisive on what they let us know and i don't know if you know this a lot of this goes back to obama so in 1935, our government passed the Smith-Munt Act, which made it illegal to use propaganda on the American people. Under 2012, under Obama, he snuck it into the Defense Act bill, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, that allows propaganda to be used on us. And I think we've seen the head of it with all this COVID stories and everything else. Like, oh, yeah. that this is why we you've really got to have discernment. It's so hard to follow what is honest and yeah. true anymore. Yeah, it's just like all the like media. They all yeah. say the same thing. I mean, we've all they seen all the videos. Say it, and there's a little bit different, and you're like, something doesn't make sense here, but I'm really not sure what, why it doesn't. And it's because we're getting half-truths and partial stories. And so, a lot of yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, it's going to be a hard fight, and, and I'll be honest, like, I don't have all the solutions and answers, but I think no one does till you walk in there. And I'm hoping God just gives me that wisdom and providence in some of those moments because <laughs> you're going to be digging up a lot of bodies <laughs> yeah. through this process. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's going to be hard to fix our country. It's going to be a tough fight, but I'm here for it. And with God on our side, yeah, we got it. God knows if it was left up to me, we couldn't do it. But with God here, we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I it's just an honor to talk to you. And if you need me to do anything ever, just let me know. Like, I'm, I'm yours. Meet greets and fundraisers, people, all over Georgia. Because unfortunately, Senate races are not cheap. And I hate asking for money. And as a hardworking American, all of y'all know how hard it is to actually say so. Oh, yeah. Say to people, I need money. But the minimum they say my campaign will cost is $50 million. Both John Ossoff and Warnock raised $250 million for their campaign. Wow. So it's it's an uphill battle. I don't know yeah. how we'll, I'll, I'll do it all, but. God. God will open doors and, and yes, he will. Ways. Just ask and he ask and you shall receive. I, I'm I'm a full firm believer in that. So you will be in our prayers. I will keep you on our prayer list. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to start counterfeiting. <laughs> Just joking, guys. No. I know. I know. <laughs> this is where the feds come in and raid my house thinking I'm serious. <laughs> they already follow all of us. So. <laughs> uh, oh, I've had three calls already warning me from DC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. If you ever want to come back, just let me know and we'll set oh. it up and talk Thank some more. very much i appreciate it this has been fun that's yes, great for my great. tedious day <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for coming on and uh enlightening us because there is a lot there that i didn't know but 
and I wrote notes. I took notes. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but yeah, thank you all. And thank you all for coming. Thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. And uh, you guys very much for watching. I appreciate it. And I put your telegram. I didn't know about your Facebook page. Facebook so. is Reagan Box U.S. Senate 2026. I'm in the process of getting a website made and uh, we'll get there. And also on my telegram and on Facebook, there are QR codes to uh, donate to my campaign if you'd like. And I've also got a link. I've got a petition for Georgia to go to paper ballots. Yes. So wants to sign the petition for paper ballots i've got Absolutely. that up and, and everyone can sign that i think it's the only way we'll get confidence back in our elections at this I point i do too yeah absolutely yeah. i agree so I i'll i'll that. post everything i'll i'll post everything i've got a community board and i'll post it over on my community board on my youtube channel so everybody can get all your information from facebook telegram all the stuff so Awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you all for being here. It's been a great night. Hope you all have a good evening. We'll talk to you soon. Oops, she left. <laughs>